Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Watto, give us a drum roll. We're pregnant! Ah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we're excited. Yeah. Yeah, how good is that? So, you can sit down, but. Yeah. Um, there it is. You kind of see it. All right, sit down, sit down. There's a head, body. So, this little. Uh, <laughs> Kathy, the greatest miracle is that Kathy has held it for the past two months to herself. Uh, no, nah, but we, we're really blessed. We're, is it 15 weeks? Yeah. 15 weeks, and um, we're not going to tell you the sex, so that could be a surprise. Um, but. We're blessed, and, and we started, well, basically, we Charlie got pregnant first go, which is great. So, we're very blessed. Yeah, I mean, we're super excited. We've been excited to tell you guys the news. Um, we're probably going to get all the questions, but, yeah, I'm healthy. Baby's healthy. Um, I didn't have any morning sickness. Praise Jesus. So, um, that's been really good. Um, but... April next year is when baby is due. And yeah, 15 weeks. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else you want to say. That's all. Please don't touch my belly. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <she's> serious. <laughs> yeah, she will slap your hand if you try and touch her belly. Anyway, so there's some family news for you. Exciting. Cool, thanks. You see, before we told social media, we wanted to tell our church family. That's why you should be in church every week, because those who aren't here this morning missed out. <laughs> so, that's <laughs> uh, good. Um, yeah, good things are happening in our church life, and, and we are just, um, yeah, we're excited. Uh, yeah, this morning's a bit tough because there's so much I want to say. I don't know where to start, so I'm just going to just see what the Holy Spirit says. But let's just ask the Holy Spirit to come and just do what he wants to do. So, Father God, we thank you that you are such a good Father. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that your presence is here. And Holy Spirit, right now, we just take this moment and we just honour you, Jesus. We honour your precious name. We honour your goodness. We honour your love. We honour the sacrifice you paid on the cross for us. And this morning, we thank you that you are doing a new work, that you are doing something new in our church, that this is a significant morning. And this morning, I just ask in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, that you would do whatever you need to do. And I do ask that you would just set a fire in our church, set a fire in the centre of our church today. Lord, that we would walk away a set ablaze for you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. We just got back from um, a couple of weeks away. Uh, we're in America uh, for two weeks, uh, roughly, and then we arrived back last Sunday, and then I got in the car and drove up to Port Macquarie, and we had a pastor's conference in Port Macquarie this week. Um, so it's good to be home. We've had good things happening in church life since we've been away. Um, but God has just done a really significant work in our hearts. We went over to a church called uh, Bethel Church in Reading, and um, uh, Wado and Ange came with us, and Haley Scholl came with us, and we shared a house for uh, 10 days, and it was, went well. It was, uh, we all still like each other, which is great. Um, and, and we just really just had amazing God encounters. Um, someone asked me this morning, how was it? And I can genuinely say, life-changing. Yeah. Yeah. 
church changing. Um, I feel like I walk differently. I feel like Charlie and I have had a deposit in our spirit that uh, we think is going to impact the nation. Um, And we're just excited to see what God's going to do. Um, So where to start? Let me see. Let's start with Scripture. Let's, Let's start with the Word of God because that is our foundation. But if you have your Bibles... Why don't you turn to, uh, to Matthew chapter 11, Matthew 11, verse 28. Um, at the end of today, we're going to be praying for anybody who needs healing, anybody who needs breakthrough, anybody who needs a fresh touch from God. So start to prepare your hearts because God is wanting to meet with you in a really powerful way. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation this morning. don't know if you've read that translation, but it is a really cool translation. Um, it could be my new favourite, but it says this. It says, Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me, for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. That's Jesus speaking here. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. We went to this conference, and the conference in Reading was called Open Heaven, and I went there extremely hungry for God. You have never seen me this hungry. I was hungry to the point of rudeness. I, have you ever been to a buffet where you were starving? Ever been to a buffet on a cruise ship? Yeah, you get to see what hunger looks like by a bunch of strangers. It's like the last meal on earth, especially the first day of a cruise. Push you out of the way. I need to get to those fish and chips. I went to this conference and it was a full-on conference. We went there and it was meetings all day and uh, if you don't know, Bethel Church is in a place called Reading, and Reading's got 80,000 people in it. It's up in the mountains, basically, uh, in California. They have a church of, I think it's 11,000 in a town of 80,000. 11,000 people in a town of 80,000. So you think about the Shoalhaven. If we have 120,000 in the Shoalhaven, there will be a church of 12 to 15,000 people. God is doing something significant. And so we were hungry to learn and hungry to encounter God. Back to hunger. I thought, I've flown around the world. I've endured a bad flight on our, our red-eye flight. We have paid money. People have invested money in us being here. God, I need a fresh touch. I need to walk away changed. I need to walk away on fire for you like I never have before. We would get there, get there early. And in worship, if you were near me and you sang off-key, I moved seats. <laughs> if you had a child that was disruptive, I moved seats. If you were talking in the service, I moved seats. I was so focused on encountering God that nothing else mattered. I just wanted a fresh touch from him. And I spent the first day and a half of this conference and there was this big auditorium, 2,000 people. Most of them had flown in from around the world. I think there were 60 nations represented. And, I, and the worship would go for an hour plus, but it wasn't enough. Yeah. The preaching would go for an hour plus and it wasn't enough. Yeah. One of those God encounters. Yeah. You know, we're so used to our you know, little meal that we have here on a Sunday of you know, a little bit of meat and a couple of little veggies and that's enough and... I thought, I'm here, I'm eating. I want to walk away with a fresh touch from God. I encourage you to be like that. I encourage you to be so hungry for God that nothing else matters. I, you see, I, I knew the things that I struggled with. I knew the fears. I knew the disappointments. I knew the sin. I knew my lukewarmness. I knew my comfort. And I thought, God, I need you to reach down into the deepest parts of my soul and just shake. I need you to do, I don't care if I look messy. I don't care if the person next to me doesn't like it. 
I need you. I pray today is a bit of a stirring of your hunger because church is boring without the Holy Spirit. It's, 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 you, we're great people and we all have great personalities, but unless God's here, I don't care. So we're there and we're just, we're, we're, I'm just worshipping, I'm crying out to God and I, I, we, I, I love conferences like that because no one knows who I am, there's no leadership expectation, I can do whatever I need to do and I was sitting up on the side, uh, this, like, this, this, these tears around the, the, the building and I just, I just went after God, hey, it's so good, I just went after God. Anyway, fast forward a day and a half into conference and I'm so frustrated. I am getting annoyed. My wife is having to put up with my annoyed comments. And I wasn't annoyed at anybody. What I was annoyed at was this. God, what you're doing here is the closest thing I see in my spirit for what you want to do in our church and our city. But I don't know how to produce it. Especially the guys here. You know what it's like. You like to get, you like to, A, one plus two equals three. You want to have it all worked out. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I can sense it in my spirit. My prophetic side can sense this. I am hungry for it. There are deep rivers in me when it comes to revival, but I don't know how to get it. You see, half of my week at the moment is trying to get people just to come to church, trying to get Christians to turn up to a service, trying to get people to get to church on time. Boo. It's, it's not... It's not what God has. So if you like, if you like what, I'm, what I'm saying, this is where we're going because there's a, there's a move of God. Anyway, let me just focus in. <clears throat> I, 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 uh, I got home after the, uh, the afternoon of the second day and I was saying to Charlotte, I don't know how to get that church here. I don't know how to produce this. I don't know how to get my leadership team here. I don't know how to get my board here. I don't know how to get our church here, this place of hunger. You've got to realise that when God's moving, like people would line up at 4pm for a 7pm meeting. <laughs> people don't care about the fact they might have to look for a car park for half an hour if God's in the room. The worship team never has to try and get you to lift your hands. You can't help but lift your hands. Not because you think it's the right thing, but because you just love Jesus. Yeah. So that's our normal. Our normal is heaven touching earth. And so anyway, so I'm there going, God, how do we do this? At the same time, every meeting, I'm just in tears. I'm just, that's what I do. God touches my heart. I just weep like a baby and I love it. Um, because he just softens my heart and his love is so amazing. And um, so in the midst of that, I'm just getting this frustration. And then I just feel like the Holy Spirit just, just said to me, the way that you're going to get here, A, you will get there. Yeah. B, 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 it's already in you. Yeah. yeah, so there's already wells, there's already rivers. But C, the way that we're going to get to the place of revival, revival being a citywide touch of God, a nationwide touch of God, is to practice God's presence in your own time. It's when you minister unto me in your own time. It's when you sit in your bedroom at home and you worship me, not because the pastor told you to or because it's the right thing, but because you're so overwhelmed and in love with Jesus, where his word and his spirit. And I kept having these like, um, so when I was a young person, um, younger person, I remember um, when I was, and you've heard these things, but God kept taking me, giving me pictures and reminding me of these things. And it's I remember, I just, I saw, we had a, ha a house in um, Bimbimbi Avenue in North Nara. And I remember when I was a young, young whippersnapper, I couldn't wait for my parents to go out, not to get into trouble, but because I couldn't wait to put on the six stack of CD player in the lounge room and crank up worship. And I would spend hours just worshipping the Lord, worshipping unto his heart, sitting with him in his presence, I would crank up that Ron Cannoli and I would just sit there just enjoying God. And I was 10 years old and I was so hungry for God's presence. How many 10-year-olds you know like that now? Well, that's what God has for our 10-year-olds. Yeah. 
This is our normal. This is our normal. And then I, I remember hitting my teenage years. I got, we had a, um, a, a garage, and above the garage there was our own like, bedroom, and there was an ensuite away from the house. And my parents had said to me, you know, do you want to move up to there and kind of have your own space? And I would have been like 15. Um, but I think bedroom-wise in the other, uh, main house, it was better for me to go up there. So I, I moved there. And I just remember I would spend hours and hours and hours as a teenager, 13, 14, 15, just spending time worshipping the Lord, spending time reading his word. And you didn't have to tell me to do it. I loved it. It was the best thing ever. Yes, I still had a BMX. Yeah, I still played sport. Yeah, all those things. But in my heart of hearts, it was just me with the kindness of the Father. It was a fire that was unquenchable. It was a passion that I couldn't... I couldn't get rid of, it consumed me. And you ask my parents and they would say, it's like he completely changed. God just set him on fire. And it's like, and, and I went from being a shy, um, timid young, young guy to being full of faith and full of boldness. And it wasn't my personality, it was the power of God. And, and, and I just remember God's kindness and his love would be poured out upon me. And I was at this conference and I just kept seeing these pictures of the lounge room in Bimbimbi Avenue and then the upstairs in Bimbimbi Avenue and, I, and God saying, you know, I, I met you and my fingerprint was on you when you were a boy, but guess what? It's time to go back. You see, this has been abused because people say, oh, well, it's the old wineskin. Well, guess what? Wells are there for years. It's a wrong analogy. It's not about the wineskin. Forget the wineskin. Don't worry about that. What matters is if there's a deep well in us, go back and go back. If there's a song that you listen, used to listen to and it used to make you encounter the presence, go back to the song. Squeeze that lemon for all it's got. Whatever it is, whatever the well is, whatever that moment was that God touched your heart, go back. Because maybe for us to go forward, we have to go back. Maybe for Celebration Church, for us to go forward, we have to go back. Maybe we have to go back and realize that the one thing that makes us unique and powerful is his presence. It's, 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 it's a move of the Spirit. It's a people who are so hungry for God, who don't mind getting messy. Let's kick coolness in the butt, get it out. You know, King David has a touch from God, and what does he do? He worships God in his underpants before the nation. He embarrasses himself. His crown is, his his royal robe is off. His his armor isn't there. And his wife says, you're embarrassing yourself. You're dancing in your underpants. Yeah, well, I'm not saying dancing in your underpants here. But take the spirit of it. Because this is the reason. This is the reason. And again, this is going to be a... You're going to hear this every week from me forever, so get used to it. You know, God's been taking me and Charlie, Charlie and I on a journey of working out who we are in God's kingdom. Years ago, my, who I was was attacked so ferociously I forgot who I was. I lost my confidence and the very wells that God had placed in me were poisoned. And God's taken me on a journey of just cleansing those wells and realising that the things that the enemy tried to make look bad are actually good. You know, what the enemy meant for the bad, he turns for the good. And by the way, the very thing you're called to is the very thing the enemy will often attack. So when things get attacked, see it as encouragement. And I was sitting in this, in this, in this uh, conference and I just felt like the Holy Spirit say, Beniah, you are a revivalist. That's what we do. This is who we are. You're not revivalists. A revivalist brings a revivalist brings dead things to life. A revivalist sees individuals changed, and if an individual can be changed, then a family can be changed. If a family can be changed, a neighborhood can be changed. If a neighborhood can be changed, a city can be changed. If a city can be changed, a nation can be changed. And I want to encourage you as a church that we are revivalists. You know the crazy thing, though, is that the word revival at the moment has gone through a bit of a tarnish, a uh, uh, drag through the mud, that word. There's people at the moment preaching that don't use the word revival. 
don't use that word. It takes people to rocking and rolling on the ground, rolling, you know, in services and never change the city. And, you know, I understand some of the purpose of that. But at the same time, I think that God has called us to be a church who is unashamedly God chases, God seekers. And the key for us to see our city completely set on fire for God is that you and I, today, when we get home, would take time to put on some worship and to minister to him. How simple is it? How simple is this, church? We have so much noise. We have so much distraction. We have so much social media. We have so much uh, rubbish that goes on around us, vying for our attention. And all that Christ wants is us to come back. Come back to him. Come back to the beauty of his presence. Come back to the beauty of his holiness. Come back to the beauty of his powerful name. Yeah. <laughs> it says this in, in John chapter 7, verse 37. I'm just skipping a slide, Dave, but it says this. It says that on the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowds, All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from the innermost being, just like the scripture says. And then it says, basically, (laughs) how is the river going in you and me at the moment? Do we have revival fire, revival rivers bursting from within us? Because that is what our church is called to carry. Are you okay to be somebody who lingers in the presence? Are you okay to have a service that might go beyond an hour and a half? The chips might go a bit cold, but are you okay if you have a fresh encounter with God? Because this is where I'm going, and you can join me and Charlie if you want, or you can watch us go there and whatever. We, 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 we're so desperate for his presence. Like, to the point, we're going to start changing our services, services a little bit. Pre-service, hey, if you're a prayer here, it's time for you to unblock the wells. Like, get here for pre-service prayer meeting. Like, if you're a prayer, be here for it. Unless you're serving somewhere and you can't be, but they're saying that they all come in if you're serving anyway. Be here. We, this morning, we prayed over every chair. It's time for our prophetic people to unblock the wells, for our intercessors to unblock the wells and let the river burst forth again, for our evangelists to be empowered, to go out there and to speak to the lost and to raise up evangelists, for teachers to feel empowered to teach afresh. It's time for us as a church to embrace his presence like we never have before. The thing is this, is that God has called us to be a people and a church where literally our measuring stick is this. <laughs> this is it. I don't, it nothing else matters. All, all that matters is this. Is heaven's atmosphere here? Is, is that it? I, 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 it doesn't matter. It, it, this place can be packed. It can be half empty. If God's atmosphere is here... If his, if his presence, like, and by the way, his presence is always in our hearts. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere as well. But there's something about a tangible sense of God. This week, um, can I share your testimony, Charlie? So basically, Charlie um, was born with um, inverted hips. Sorry, twisted, well, twisted hips. That's the right word, twisted hips. And what that means is for her whole life, she's had her back is trying to compensate for her twisted hips. So her back's always trying to align itself. And by the way, if you have back pain today, it's your day because we're going to go after it. And for the past 10 years, she's been in chronic pain every day. My wife doesn't say anything about it. She doesn't win. She turns up to every meeting. She does, she's there and you would never even know it. 
And about three months ago, and we've spent so much money on chiropractors and physios and um, osteos and all the O's, all the O's you can get. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's had prayer for it. And, um, and about, about three months ago, she was before bed because they give her stretches to try and ease the pain in her back. And, and she was in her bedroom and she was doing a stretch against the wall and she just had tears rolling down her cheeks, not because she was crying, but because the pain was so intense. And as a husband, I'm just there going, I wish I could take your pain away. I don't know what else I can do for you. I've prayed for you. We're paying money. I don't know what to do. And, um, and then she gets pregnant, which is fantastic. I'm like, your hips are about to go through some trauma. <laughs> and they're already twisted. So I don't know. And then the osteo doesn't know how that's going to go. Like, is that going to do damage or whatever? And I just said to Charlotte before this trip, I was like, that's it. Enough's enough. Yeah. This is not God's best for you. Yeah. It's like when we go to Bethel, I don't care if we have to get prayer every meeting. We are going to get those hips healed. Yeah. And, um, and we just made our mind up. We put our foot down. That's enough. And, uh, and so we're there one night, and the presence of God in this meeting is so strong. Just the atmosphere of heaven is so strong. The worship probably went for uh, a couple of hours, you know, just God's presence. And, and we're there, and, and just as you're sitting there, I just, just put, put my hand like this, just on her hips. And just as we're, as we're worshiping, and we're just praying in the name of Jesus, we just declare on earth as it is in, in heaven, there is no pain in heaven. The name of Jesus is greater. We declare, we speak to these hips, we say, be un, untwisted, be aligned in Jesus' name. And Charlotte looks at me and there's tears running down her face. She's just like, the pain's gone. The pain's gone. <laughs> yeah. If, if anyone here lives in chronic pain, she's had 10 years of it. And, and I started getting frustrated because the next day I'm like, how's your hips? And she's like, yeah, good. A few days later, how's your hips? Yeah, good. And I was like, I'm getting frustrated because she's not over more excited. <laughs> and she said, she said, the things about pain is that when pain goes, you kind of forget. You don't forget what's happened. You just go, oh. And she said, for the first time in 10 years, I feel like what a normal person would feel. And, but the funny thing is with that is that from the moment we first went into the first meeting, the pain was slowly starting to seep away. You see, the atmosphere of heaven was so strong that pain can't help but start to seep away. The healing starts to invade because the atmosphere of somewhere is so strong that it just starts to bring about a change. And I was just the icing on the cake. I mean, I could try to take more credit of that, but I can't. I, just, I was just there and, and Jesus and, and, and now it's now been you know, two and a half weeks and She's been on a flight for 14 hours and normally she has to walk up and down the flight to get her back out of pain or to help with the pain. And we walked in San Fran, we were there for a couple of days. We walked 19 kilometres in a day on her Apple Watch, it told us. I don't know why we've done that, but we did that. And, and I said the next day, I, I couldn't walk for two days. She was fine. Her hips are fine. Bring on the baby birthing and she's fine. So at the end, we're going to pray for healing. If you need healing, if you need emotional healing, physical healing, we're going to believe God because it's normal on earth as it is in heaven. Is this okay this morning? Do you, do you, I, hope, I hope you sense a change in the atmosphere of our church. We're going after God. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's easy for us to create a church full of programs. It's easy for, I, I've been a pastor's kid and I've been a pastor for years. It's easy for us to be in that place where you can put in this program and that. And it's a full, and we feel like our busyness is something that gives God glory. And it doesn't. We feel like that because our schedules are full, that we're doing something for God. And often only God really wants is for you to come to Him. In the midst of your week, in the busyness of your week, He says, How much of it was actually quality time? Now, don't get me wrong, serving in God's house is a holy thing, and we should always do that. Doing different outreaches is what God's heart is. But ultimately, our foundation must be that we come to him, that we, we worship him. And what does he say? In, in spirit and in truth. Spirit, the Holy Spirit, but in truth. Is this real? I don't know about you, but sometimes you get to Sundays and you spend a lot. The reason why, 
it's like, oh, the third song is where I start to focus. Because my mind is on the family, on the situation, on the week, on the argument in the car on the way here, on the kids that were going, you know, a bit crazy on the way, whatever it might be. And God says, no, no, just just learn to, to focus. And it's easy. His burden is easy. It's easy to come to him. The actual key is actually before you get to church to spend time in worship. You know that? You see, often as Christians, what happens is we, um, you, you, when was the last time you ate nap? This morning. What did you eat? Avo and toast. Beautiful. Uh, when was the last time you ate, Ryan? Was it this morning or last night? Last night. Uh, Jess, when was the last time you ate? What did you eat? Oh, wow. Okay. You win. All right. So the thing is this, is that physically we know when we ate, we know when we eat, we are scheduled to eat. But what's happening in the body of Christ is that we have a lot of Christians who they eat on Sunday at 10 a.m. at Celebration Church. And then they wait and they starve themselves the whole week. And they're back at 10 a.m. Sunday morning, Celebration Church. And there's all this pressure put on everyone else to feed them. And because they're so busy scoffing because they're ravenous, what happens is they have no energy to give out to the person who needs a miracle next to them. Yeah. <laughs> and when the, when the sinner comes in, sinner, quotation marks, when the task collector, the prostitute, the undesirables of society come in, we have no energy to give to them because we're too busy trying to scoff. And this is when you see it when people get upset with church and they leave because what happens is they're there for them. And so if it's not the pesto that I like, I'm going to go. And if it's not, you know, if it's it's the scrambled eggs today and not poached eggs, that's not what I like, so I'm going to do something. And and they go to a different buffet in town. What happens, though, is this. God's intention is this. You go home today and you're like, oh, I had a bit of a good, um, you know, appetizer at church. I'm ready for the feast in my bedroom. (laughs) <laughs> my wife will not be eating in bed, but I can eat all of God I want in bed. <laughs> I can't wait to see, just to consume more of your word, Lord, the bread of life. Your word is the bread of life. Give me some more of that pure bread. Even if you're lactose, uh, sorry, gluten intolerant, that bread's okay for you. I'm going to just pray in the Spirit, God. I'm going to drink up through prayer. I'm a bit parched today. I gave out a lot today. I ran today the race, and now I'm just a bit bit thirsty. I'm not going to rely on the pastor to feed me or the latest podcast. I've learned to feed myself because babies are the ones who are fed. I can bring the aeroplane every Sunday, yeah, thanks, Ben, and give you... Here comes the aeroplane. For our kid, I'm going to be doing that. Here comes the aeroplane. But the reality is this. A mature person or a grown-up knows how to feed themselves. And then they help feed the baby Christian. (laughs) Because we have all these baby Christians. And they don't know how to feed themselves. And they don't know how to read the Bible. And they don't know how to read the Old Testament and realize that you've got to look at context and look at the spirit of it and the... You know, you don't need to go, you know what I mean? You know, it, it, we've got to help them. Yeah. And it comes down to this thing of being people in our own lives, in our own space, ministering unto God, spirit and truth. I'm truthful in my worship because I worshiped at home this week. And when you see me in the church, it's just the way I am at home. It's no different. God, I hunger for you. Uh, I was so frustrated as well. Not frustrated, but, you know, let me change that, my wording. We, we got to a place where... On a Sunday, because we're at their services, and I just turned to Charlotte, and we're getting prayer all the time. We're hungry. Like, I tell, I, I'll tell you more stories over time for what God did, but, man, like, talk about, like, hungry Christians. We're just like, can you pray for us? Or, you know, every altar call, I'm down there. I don't care. I just, I need God to reach in and mess me up in the best possible way. I don't want to go back the same. And there are these supernatural wells around the world where it's like God has just dug a deep, deep well 
and it's like corporately we dig together and we give out. That's what Bethel's like and that's what we're called to be. And, and I said to Charlotte on the Sunday night, I was like, there's an altar call again. I thought, I said to her, you know what? I feel like God's deposited what he brought us here to receive. I was like, I don't need more prayer now. I feel like I got it. She's like, you know what? I feel the same thing. Yes, awesome. But I wasn't satisfied. <laughs> then I felt God put on my heart the scripture, those who hunger and thirst will be filled. Yeah. And I feel like he was saying to me, you know what? Today, this is just getting you back on track, getting you back in that place of hunger. Now, guess what? Keep hungering and it will be my joy to fill you with my presence, revelation, power of God, purpose, fruit to the Spirit. And I was like, okay, I've got my game plan. Those who hunger and thirst shall be filled. So, as a pastor here, that's what I'm going for. I just want more of God. Yes. Next Sunday, get here early. If there's someone away today, they need to jump in the river. Yes. Call them up. The river's here. Jump in. Because yes. they all miss. You know, it's always fun to jump in the river with someone else. Yes. You can do it by yourself and follow it around. That's fun. <laughs> if there's people you don't see in church for a few weeks, call them up. We miss you. I save your seat. We've got to look after our family first, and then our family is good. We can touch the city. My priority is my family. It's my wife and it's my kid. I say kid because I can't tell you the sex. And I've dropped that three times by accident, and I can't do it. But I love the fact that my wife is with me on this. But as a church, we're together on this. Um, one night I got back from conference um, and God had just done a work in my heart. And again, I was just, I was a mess. I packed my tissues every service and just wept like a baby and felt shame just dripping off me, melting away, disappointment, fear, discouragement. All the things that pastors carry and people carry. And we're going to sleep one night. And you know what? When you have those God moments, it's kind of tiring. Anyone notice that? Like when you have those God, you're energized in the moment, but then you go, oh man, I just feel like I just need to sleep now. And, um, and I turned to Charlotte when we were in bed and I said, if Jesus was saying one thing to you, what would it be? Why did I ask that question? We're going to sleep. And she, she shared something. And, and she said to me, well, what's Jesus saying to you in one sentence? And I said, I feel like he's saying, I've missed you. And I, I swept like a baby. I just, I just, not sad tears in my pillow, really happy tears. But I just feel like he was saying, I missed you. I just, not that I was ever away from him, but there is an intimacy there is a sitting at his feet. There is a, a, a worshipping unto his heart that goes beyond song services, goes beyond connect, goes beyond all these things. All those things are good. It, it's something more. And, and it's something that we can all step into. And maybe God's saying to you, I've missed you. Maybe you weren't as on fire as you once were. Maybe that first flame that you had isn't quite the same. Maybe... You've been disappointed and discouraged and it's like the enemy is trying to chuck dirt on that fire and it's just smoldering and you're just like, maybe you've never felt like you've been on fire for God. And there's this grace and there's this moment where he's saying, I've missed you. I, I want to just be with you. I want to pour out my spirit on you. I want to mess you up with my love. I want to I want to make it so that you might feel like, whoa, like, I, once, I got prayer one time. I think my wife was praying for me, actually, and I haven't shaken with the power of God for years. You feel a bit dumb when you're shaking with the power of God. I do. That's not look natural. I don't care. <laughs> I need more of you, God. I've got a few minutes, but let me just, just bring this in. Um, 
I'm hearing and sensing a lot in the body of Christ, especially the, the Pentecostal, because that's what I kind of, that's my stream, I guess. And there is this thing about, I don't know if you can sense it, but there's, there's this thing about revival that's being talked about more. You know, Pastor Brian Houston, is, there's no doubt he's an apostle. And there's no, not by chance that they've started the theme of this is revival. It's not by chance that Bill Johnson's speaking at, on a national platform in Australia at their conference last year. You see, God is, and the job of an apostle is actually to help father a move of God. Prophets help give direction, but an apostle, through his anointing, actually brings the family into it. There is a, and this is a prophetic thing, there is an undercurrent and a hunger that's been stirred. And this week at conference, we're up with a thousand pastors, and the, the theme I keep hearing over and over again is that we are getting hungry. There is something more. We just want to encounter God. We want to encounter his presence. We want to see things that we haven't seen, things that are no longer cool for different reasons are coming back. And maybe to go forward, we have to go back. There is definitely a stirring in the spirit. If you're here this morning and you've got a prophetic edge, you can sense it. There's a stirring. Before the service, there was a stirring. There is something going on. And the great thing, when Christians are on fire for him, it touches the city. <laughs> but it comes back to, are we collectively setting our hearts unto him? Are we letting the noise die away? There's too much noise. Come back to the purity of worship, the purity of lifting up his holy name, the purity of his kindness, the purity of he will draw all men unto himself when you lift him up the purity of just the goodness of who he is. And I come back to this for our church, and, and we need God to, to do this because I can't do it. But I feel like there's a grace, so I feel like he will do it. We are called to be a mighty, mighty, mighty river of revival in our nation. People will come and they'll catch the train to Bomadari and we'll have shuttle buses to pick them up to bring them here to sit and be filled afresh with the touch of heaven. <laughs> That's a prophetic statement. Our worship will heal people. Our worship will bring people who have lost their dreams and their joy, where the enemy has stolen, will be rebirthed, will find freshness, will find breakthrough. We're going to have pastors and leaders who have been so discouraged and want to quit, sit here and have fresh touches from the Father, heart of God. We will have our city impacted. Street teams will go out and touch our city. We'll see miracles on the streets. We'll see families healed and saved. This building and our buildings will not be able to contain what God has for us. And guess what? Your seat might be taken by someone in need that you will find it a joy, not a burden. It will make you weep with joy when you can't even get a car park because there's not enough room because people are coming and you think, I remember back when it was like this. This is the grace and the river. Hey, Dave, can you just put up that photo um, of, of the, uh, the ice photo? See this here. So this is, um, just going to finish with this, but this is a glacier. And the thing is about a glacier, a glacier is a river that moves incredibly slowly. It's actually a river of ice. And as it moves, it moves incrementally. We're talking maybe centimetres or even feet a day. But what happens is, as that moves, and it moves slowly sometimes, maybe go to the next slide, thanks, Dave, it produces this. This is Yosemite Valley. Maybe the next photo. We'll just chuck up some uh, tourists. Oh, there you go. Hey, there's us. Um, enjoying that. Is there another photo? Yeah. Uh, so there's me struggling with a pregnant woman on my back. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway. But you see that. that. That was actually, that was formed by a river. 
That was formed, the beauty of that, and that doesn't capture how high that is, that peak and those peaks, but it actually was formed over time by a mighty river, actually a glacier back in the day, which is so powerful that it actually changes the landscape. Celebration. (laughs) What God is doing is he's creating a glacial river that is changing the landscape. It's redefining the normal. It's bringing about a change that for generations they can partake of what God has done. I don't know if you realise, but you are in a pioneer church. But how do we be that? Let's go back to the icy one, Dave. How do we be that river? Let's come back. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, you are holy, you are good, you are worthy. We lift up your mighty name. And I'm going to seek you all day. Whenever I remember you, I'm going to lift up your name. I'm going to get into your word. I'm going to practice your presence knowing that if our houses can be set on fire for you, then our church can be set on fire for you. If I can have a heart on fire for you, consumed by your love, a supernatural power of God, then guess what? My house can experience that. Our house can bring that to our church. Our church can experience that. If Nat and Karen are doing the same thing, if Joel and Alex are doing the same thing, if we are simply not to pray because we want to see a move, but to pray because we love him because we want him, because we just want to minister to him. Because listen, I, I just, I, I, want, I want you to know something, that those who hunger and thirst will be filled. Now listen, at, <laughs> why do I need to be filled? Because the more of heaven that is in you, the less fear is in you, the less doubt, the less struggle, the less discouragement, the less familiarity. So, today is a new day. Today is a day where we're going to start to say, Sunday, we're here to just minister unto him. Oh, you're new, fantastic, let's get coffee afterwards. Hey, let's minister unto him. (laughs) And then when you get home today, instead of just having a day where, oh, church is done, let's do something else, take time. Lift up the name of Jesus. Lift up his holy name. And sometimes it's going to feel like it's a slow glacier, but you don't realize that you're changing the landscape. I love this scripture. Not by might, not by power, but by what? By his spirit. (laughs) We are surrounded in our nation by some beautiful churches, but I think mostly comfortable Christians. We just, we love comfort. Australia loves comfort. I love comfort. I love my couch at home. It's great. But we have to understand that sometimes when a glacier starts to move, there's a cracking. You know that? Have you ever, anyone ever seen a glacier? You hear a cracking? Literally, you hear a, like glaciers cracking, things are moving, the, the, the rocks are moving. In New Zealand, we saw a glacier and the boulders that are moved by this body of water. Because remember this, guys. You have your well. God has dug deep within you and in our church. But below our well isn't a bore of water. It's a river. And it's flowing. And we're going to be, I'm telling you, we're going to be going, hey, let's just reach down. Here's a drink. Here's a drink. Here's a drink. That's why in church, guys, if you, if you see people who have missed church for two or three weeks, give them a call. Here's a drink. Take them out for coffee. Remind them about who God has called them to be. Take the pressure off me, please. I can't do that. I can't, especially if I, when our church grows more and more, I can't do it. It's up to the body to do it. So let's do it. Here's a drink. Let me finish with one more testimony story, if that's okay. We, um, I might get uh, Nat on the guitar or whatever. Yeah, we were there one night or one morning and, um, at, at this conference and uh, 
there was a, Bill Johnson's the, he's like the overseer, kind of spiritual father, but they have pastors who run the church called Eric Johnson and Candace Johnson. And Candace reminds me of Charlie a bit, um, a real joyful spirit, a real, uh, you know, a bit of fighter, you know, not afraid to go after God. And we responded to an altar call, which is a different sermon, but one of the girls there was actually preaching was Benny Hinn's daughter. Yeah, how unusual is that in terms of I never heard her preach, but she preached about her journey of just, you know, basically walking away. You right now? Is that working? Okay. (laughs) Ah, that's better. I just love worship. I just love, I love worship. She was just preaching about her journey, how she kind of walked away from God and being the son of a tele-evangelist, she went through a lot and um, they had God restored her. And it really, really just done something in my heart. I could just, I wept through the whole message. Yeah. You shut up and say, this is for you. It was the most beautiful thing. I just, you know, when God puts you back together, never be afraid to be emotional with God. I I just, I I just, there's no shame in it. Hey, Jesus wept. It's all good. Um, So I went down the altar call and just wept like a baby on the altar. Just God was just healing me, just doing stuff in our in our marriage and in our life and. but yeah, that's all there, and uh, Candice was at the front. And I know as a preacher, as a pastor, often people come up to you after a message. And sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's not. Um, and we're like, oh, we don't want to be those people who just come up and have nothing to say, basically, and just get more of your time type thing. And I said, so Charlotte's like, I don't, I'm like, I think we need to go up and say hi to this girl, or this pastor. She's like, no, I don't. I don't know, not sure. We don't want to don't want to be annoying, you know, she just ministered and yeah. I was like, oh, no, nah. I just I said Charlie, I like, we are a well. Yeah. And we are here partaking of the well of this place. But we are a well for them too. Yeah. Yes, we might be in a small church in the South Nara right now, but hey, we are a well. Yeah. Can I understand church? It's not the size of the wall that matters, it's the source. That's actually really good. <laughs> it's not the size of the well, it's the source of the well. And so we went up to her and we said, oh, sorry, you know, we waited for her to finish talking to someone and we said, oh, hey, hey. And we said, hey, then we both just burst into tears. Like we couldn't even talk. So we're those weird people just crying in front of this lady. <sighs> And then she starts crying. So we're all crying together. No one's saying anything. We're all just weeping, like so happy. Smiles but tears. Oh, they're really weird, awkward moments, but so good. And then um, and we just said, oh, we just want to, and Charlie just said, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for this week, for your church, for putting on this conference. You know, two years ago we were here and God just really healed our hearts and we felt God say, come back in two years. And we just feel like God's just doing a bigger work in us even more right now and and um, we, so we just want to say we, we just want to thank you and just encourage you that what you're doing is changing lives and she was so blessed and she's so sweet this lady and then I said can you pray for us because I'm like I'm hungry so <laughs> she said yeah no worries so she prayed for us and she prophesied over us prophesied over us just incredible let me tell you one more, can I tell you one more story yeah of course why not hey your hot chips can wait. It's all good. When we first got to this place, um, we arrived on the Tuesday. Conference started Wednesday, and we went to the church. And the church is a massive building, a massive property. It goes up onto a hill, and there's flags on the driveway, and it's beautifully manicured. By the way, if you're a gardener, come out and help us because we need to make this place beautiful. But basically, we're there, and we're in the bookshop, and Andrew Waddle there, just tears, looking at books. God's presence is just touching their hearts. No one's praying. They're just, they're just, God's just moving. 
I'm like, I'm already, I've got my sunnies on, I'm just like, hat down. <laughs> That's pretty much my whole time when I go to these things. So I, I, I walked out, I was like, oh, I just went and sat outside just to wait for the others. And Charlotte came and sat with me and this girl walks past and she's like, probably in her early 20s, um, not super confident. And she said, oh, hey, and we're like, yeah, hey. She walked past and then she walks, comes back. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt you guys, but I just had to come back. The Holy Spirit just told me I've got to come back and I've got to just give you just a prophetic encouragement. And she just she prophesies over us. Come up here. Get up here, my pregnant wife. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, this little, really um, humble, you could tell she had insecurities. She was like um, questioning herself and she just prophesies over us. And I've got my sonny's on, I'm just like tears. Just, Charlotte's got tears and we just sit there thinking... This girl, and, she's, and she, she shared it, and then she walked off. And we said, oh, thank you. And little did she realise that she just completely just set the platform for our week. Yeah. And, and she wasn't charismatic, and she wasn't impressive by any means. She was just someone who was just humble yeah. and came up to, and let's be real, I'm not, you know, I, that could be quite scary looking, I guess, maybe. I'm not, <laughs> not a sweet face like this girl, like I'm a bit... bit Bogan, rougher, whatever. <clears throat> but she was just obedient and she set the platform. Yeah. Literally set the platform where it just, God just done such a work in our heart. But yeah. there was a moment in obedience. Yeah. There was a moment in her obedience. Yeah. And who knows, for all I know, she could have went, could have went away going, ah, oh, I miss that. Like they didn't say anything. They didn't say, yeah, that's really accurate. Because we didn't say much. We just let her go. Yeah. I think we're a bit stunned, to be honest. Little did she realise, she just not only impacted us, but a whole church yeah. and potentially a whole nation one day. Yeah. And then one night we're there at this conference, and you've got to understand, I'm a, I'm a lightning rod for God all the time at everything. It's great. I told Charlotte before, and I said, watch. I told the crew, watch. People would, normally it's weird people, but people would come after me, and they would just bang. And we're standing there one night. By the way, weird can be good. Some of you, and this is a quote, and it changed my life. Some of you think you're weird, but you're just prophetic. Yeah? Okay. If that's you, just take that to your heart. Yeah. You think you're weird, but you're just prophetic. And it's all, yeah. you misunderstood. It's all good. Yeah. It helped my heart. And we're there, and a guy comes up to us, and he says, oh, can I prophesy over you? Young guy, again, probably Ty's age, young guy, comes up, and he goes, oh, can I pray for you? We're like, yeah, I'm hungry. Yeah. Sounds good. And he starts prophesying over Charlie. And he starts prophesying over the baby in her womb. And just the power of God and the life of God and the presence of God. And we're just like, woo! Like, Charlie's just like, Ugh. And we just said to him, You don't understand, like, that she's pregnant. No one knows. <laughs> and he's just like, Oh, he was even more surprised than us. He's just, oh, really? Yes, high five. I got my right, yes. Yeah. So good. I share this to say, be empowered. Yeah. Some of you need to be empowered again. Some of you need to let the river flow. Yeah. Some of you are too conservative and you're too polite. Yeah. Let the river, if there's someone sick, pray for them. Can I tell you one more story? <laughs> uh, your hot chip's going to wait. So... Last night we're there and um, we went out and Haley had gone back. She'd gone to see a friend in Portland and Ange and, Ange and Watto, Ange really wanted to, and Watto wanted to try Olive Garden. I don't know if anyone here, Olive Garden in America. Yeah, China, yeah, awesome. So Olive Garden, it's basically a franchise, Italian food, and they wanted to try it. Their food can be good or bad, I don't know. But anyway, so we're there trying it out. And we have this waiter, yeah, again, very unassuming, these people. There's not that, that's say of the Lord, boom. It's just like, hey, can I share something with you? Yeah. The God moments. Because what if, hey, can we get the slide up about the quote, Dave? Just, this is just, I forgot this, I need to say this. What if our one assignment in life was to create moments and space for God encounters? 
What if that was it? What's the will of God, church? The one assignment is to create moments and space for God encounters. That's it. Do that. You're doing well. Anyway, we're there, and, the, and there's this, this waiter, and this is the last one, I promise. Next, <laughs> next week, I'll give you some more, but comes up to us, and it's not even our waiter. He goes, oh, can I, can I share a message? Uh, can I just share a word with you, an encouragement with you? We're like, yeah, okay. And then he just lines up water, and he's like, bang, 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 bang. And we're there like with pasta, like, huh? Like, <laughs> you know, mozzarella sticks, what's happening? Turns to Charlie, and he actually goes away because he can't get in trouble if he just stays there. So he goes and cleans some chairs, comes back. I've got a word for Charlie. Bang, 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 bang. We're like, whoa, that's awesome, like accurate. Goes away, comes back. I'm oh, sorry, one more time. Just points to me and he says, what did he say? He just goes, he talks about in detail. Can I say, because yeah. it all, oh, sorry, because it's so crazy accurate. He said to Vinaya, um, obviously that he's a leader of leaders, but he's a pastor of pastors. And he said, what's going to happen is, he's like, I can see you going and you're ministering to pastors and you're sitting down with them over coffee and they're pouring out their heart to you. Um, and you're going to be somebody who leads the leaders. And little did he know that, and you, if you're in our church for any amount of time, you'd know that Benai has just taken over the region where he literally spent two weeks going and sitting with pastors over coffee and then pouring out their heart. So it was so accurate. And he said a whole bunch of other stuff about, you know, being an apostle and all that sort of stuff. But that, for us, we were just like, and even afterwards what I was like, it's the most accurate word that I've ever heard. Like it was so on point and encouraging and yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the point, what I said to him, did you go online and read his bio? <laughs> like literally, that seems pretty like, like, what just happened? Like, but I want to encourage you with this because what did he do? He just created space for a God encounter. What if he was wrong? What if he misses it? What if it, I would still be blessed because he's trying. But, you know, these guys, this isn't a non-Christian place. This is in a restaurant reaching out and creating God moments. This is time for you. This is moments for you now. It's moments for you. Those guys, he was a young guy, wasn't a pastor, wasn't a prophet, wasn't in terms of on the stage. He was just obedient. So what we're going to do today is we're going to take a moment, we're going to finish the meeting in a second, but we're going to open the altar. And if you just, if you need healing or you just need a fresh touch from God, we're going to take some time just to pray. But I want to just preface you with this. Next week, before you get here, spend time in worship. Spend time crying out to God. Spend time asking for more of Him. My prayer when I was away was, God, deep into the, uh, sorry, reach into the deepest parts of me with your hand and just shake, like just take everything out of me that's, rotten and that's weed and that's not good and, and just let your spirit reach in yeah. let the rivers flow God yeah. let the rivers flow yeah. so why don't we all stand to our feet in this place and um, if you're if you're here with your spouse why don't you take them by the hand and if you're not why don't you put your hand on the person's shoulder next to you we're going to pray we're going to commission you for the week we're going to pray God's blessing over you in Jesus' name. Um, and I'm going to pray that a fire would start in our church. We are an apostolic church for our nation. We will see nations look to us to see what God is doing. And all that you need to say, church, is yes. That's all you've got to do is say yes to it. Yes to God. Yes to God in your own personal life. Father, I just thank you for this amazing group of people. And Father, I thank you that you are amazing. And I thank you that your presence is here. I thank you that your anointing is here, that your goodness is here. I thank you, Lord, that people are here, not by chance, but by purpose. Lord, this is a divine and God encounter moment. And Father, right now, I just pray your anointing over our church family. I speak to the wells of our church. I speak to the rivers in our church. And I say, let them flow afresh. Lord, where there's been dams, where there's been distraction, where there's been disappointment, God, I pray for fresh rivers to flow. God, I pray for fresh courage, fresh boldness, fresh hunger. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we won't be afraid to be uncomfortable. Father, we pray for those in our church who are struggling right now. God, touch their hearts. Those who aren't here today, touch their hearts as well. Lord, we pray that you will raise up this house as a prophetic and apostolic voice of revival for this nation and the nations of the earth. 
So Father, we commit this week to you, God-hungry people, in Jesus' powerful name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to close the meeting now. But if you want prayer, hey, come down. Come down. We're going to pray with you. But God bless you. Give someone a call who isn't here today. Tell them next Sunday, get in the river. Get in the river in Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.